This is our fourth session. The topic for tonight is our ministry in the heavenlies. Our ministry in the heavenlies. Okay? And tonight we will continue to study on our authority in Christ. We started that last week. Okay? And don't worry if you were not here last week. There are recordings. You can go back to the previous sessions. All right? But tonight we will continue on the topic of authority. I want us to start with 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay. It's also good if you have your own Bibles with you and you can read with me. Yeah. It's always good to check on the teacher. <laughs> All right. Okay. Always good. Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay, we'll start. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. Okay, this uh, verse 1, it's already talking about the second coming of Christ. Okay? And when He, when he comes back, when He sets up His millennial kingdom, all right? And that would be at the end of the tribulation period. So it's talking about the second coming, and it says in verse 1, our gathering together to him. Now, that talks about the rapture. Okay, so the rapture comes before Jesus set his millennial kingdom, all right? Because uh, we will find out you know, the timetable here, okay? I'll continue. Now, concerning this, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as through the day of christ had come i guess at this time people were saying no the day of jesus christ has already come so it says here don't be troubled it has not yet happened look at verse 3 let no one deceive you by any means for that day the second coming will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So now it's talking about the Antichrist, okay? The Antichrist will be revealed during the seven-year tribulation, all right? I hope everybody knows that, okay? Now, look at verse 4. This is what he will do. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this is very future, okay? This is, uh, we don't know, it might be sooner than we think, okay? Because we're in the end of the last days. And one day, the Antichrist will be revealed and wow, he will set up, he will set up his throne, okay? He will call himself God to be worshipped and he will sit as God in the temple of God. This would be in Jerusalem. So one day, one day, uh, maybe very soon, uh, the Jews will now rebuild their th third temple, 
okay? They will rebuild their third, actually there are plans already of rebuilding the third temple. And the Antichrist one day will use that temple and he will sit there as God. So, <clears throat> still boastful as always. Anyway, now this won't happen, okay? This won't happen until something happens first. That concerns the church, okay? This is our concern. Look at verse 5 and 6. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, if you want to know the identity of the Antichrist, well, guess what? You will never know it. Okay? You will never know it because he's not going to be revealed until the church is taken away. Okay? Until the rapture. Praise the Lord. Okay? Uh, sadly, not everybody, not every Christian knows that. Okay? Uh, some Christians think they will go through the tribulation. Okay? I used to think that. So, some, some people uh, think that they will uh, get the mark of the beast or they're afraid that they will someday get the mark of the beast or something because they will go through the tribulation. But here, it is so obvious that there is this force that is restraining him in the world, okay? And it says here, he will not be revealed until that force is taken away, until that force has departed. And you see that in verse 7, okay? And the one that will depart one day is the church. Jesus Christ will come for his church. And we will be all raptured. That will be such a wonderful, glorious day, okay? We will all come meet the Lord in the air, okay? We will all be raptured there. And then when we're taken away, okay, that's when he will be revealed. But look at our job. Look at verse 7, okay? This is verse 6 and 7. Now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. So while we are still here, okay, we are called to withhold or to restrain the forces of evil. That's our job. Okay? That is our job. You, do you see so much evil now? Okay. This pandemic, everybody's saying it's, uh, it's man-made. Okay. Uh, there's some, uh, some things, you know, it came from China and so forth. And not only that, even before the pandemic, there are shootings in the school. Okay. There are abortions, drug addicts. Killing, stealing, all kinds, no? You have all kinds of sicknesses. Everybody's so focused on COVID, but there's still many people dying of other sicknesses and disease. So there's so much trouble. There's so much chaos, okay? And that evil behind all those wickedness, 
is Satan and his evil forces. And, and in Thessalonians, it's already saying, and this is the first century, that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. That is the first century. So it has always been at work, and it is still at work right now. That spirit of Antichrist, okay? That, that spirit that would one day will set up a one-world government where the Antichrist will rule and reign over the earth, okay? But make no mistake about this, okay? We are the ones called by God to hold back and destroy the works of the enemy, okay? We studied that so much last week. No? So that's our job. The only reason why, okay, it's not being revealed because we are the restraining force. We're the people who praise, okay? We're the people who preaches. We're the people who, he, who lay hands on the sick. You know, the church is restraining him right now. And we're not just to, supposed to say when things are getting bad, oh, look how bad it's getting. Oh, it's, isn't it a shame what people are now doing? No. Or we say, what in the world is happening right now? We're not supposed just to say that. We're not supposed to look at this generation and just be an observant. We are the restraining force against evil right now in the world. Without the church, when the church has raptured, that's the time where Evil will reign like anything, but judgment of God will come because of that, all right? So, we have a job to do, okay? That's what the authority is for. The authority is for to resist the enemy, to hold back the, the enemy forces, and to build the kingdom of God, okay? That's what the authority is for. And I will just uh, go back to our one of the verse last week, just to remind ourselves. Okay? In 1 John 4, 4, we said this last week. In 1 John 4, 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And we, we emphasize in this verse, no? we are so familiar with the latter part. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. But it also says there, little children, you have overcome them. It's talking about the people that are being used by the enemy. We have, we have overcome them. We already have the victory over Satan and his forces. We do not try to overcome evil, okay? We have overcome them. We are on the winner's side. We are on the winner's side. Jesus Christ has completely defeated the enemy, Satan, and all his forces at the resurrection. Is that an amen there? He has completely obliterated them okay but now no but now we are to enforce that victory okay we are to enforce it 
We have to enforce the victory that Jesus Christ has already won. So we are on the winner's side. We are on the winning side. And we need to exercise our authority in Christ for the will of God to be enforced in our lives, enforced in our families' lives, enforced in our cities, in our schools, in our malls, in our nations. We are the enforcers. Okay? We are the enforcers. So... We have learned last week, I will just repeat it again because we're going to learn something new today, tonight. We have learned last week that the only authority Jesus Christ has on this earth is through the body of Christ. Okay? Now we learned that last week. Just go to the recording, no? Jesus Christ is both Lord of heaven and earth. Is that right? But his body is on the earth. He is the head. We are the body. And his body, Jesus' body, is on the earth. That's why before he ascended to heaven, he immediately delegated all his authority to the body of Christ. Because we are the one who is on the earth. That's Matthew 28. Okay, do you remember that? So it's already been delegated. So the only authority that Jesus can exercise on this earth, if it can be exercised through the body of Christ. Okay, you cannot uh, decap, how do you say that? No, without a head. Decapitulate the body of Christ. We always think, Okay, we should think as the head and the body as one. The head and the body are one. Correct? Even if Jesus is in the heavens, his spirit is in the body. Correct? The, ho the holy presence of God is contained in the body of Christ. We are the containers of the glory of God. We are the containers of the presence of God. That's why he can only exercise his own power and his own authority through his body. Amen? Now, I hope that is very clear right now. No? Because some people still have this mindset, oh, if God, if God wants it to happen, it will happen. No, it's really up to God. But the Bible is saying, no, we are one in Christ. He is in us and we are in Him. Okay? And we are not waiting on God. He is waiting on us. We are one with Him. There is a partnership going on here. And Jesus cannot move without His body. Amen? Have you seen a human body, a human head move without the body? A human head cannot move. <laughs> a human head cannot do anything apart from the body. The same way spiritually. We have to think that way. It's you and God. You are in partnership. Okay? You are in partnership.
we are in partnership with God. We will talk about partnership later on more and more. Now look at Romans 5.17. Romans 5.17 in the Amplified. Okay, I will read. For if because of one man's trespass, that's Adam, his lapse, his offense, death reigned through that one. Much more, okay, I want you to underline that in your Bible. Much more, surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing of himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Wow, this is such a... Uh, uh, this is, um, how do you say? It's a heavy loaded verse, okay? It's a heavy loaded verse. It's a very powerful verse. It says there, much more. Much more surely we will reign as kings. Did you see that? We will reign as kings. Why? The authority of Christ himself, the king of kings, has been given to us. The authority of the king was given to the body. That's why we can now reign as kings, okay? As kings. Now, can you see that? Much more. That means no matter how sinister what Satan did at the Garden of Eden, no matter how bad it was, okay? No matter how grave the consequences of the sin of man, no matter how grave the punishment for sin is, God did something far greater, okay? He did something far greater when he sent Jesus Christ to us. When he sent Jesus Christ to deliver us, when he sent him to, to save us. So God's work is far greater than what Satan did to humanity. I want that to sink in. Okay? The evil thing that's happening right now all around the world is far less, lesser than the works of God that he is doing right now and is going to do still on the earth. It is far greater. The blessing of the Lord is far greater than the curse. The healing in the kingdom of God is far greater than the sicknesses of this world. Okay? The, the provisions, the wealth of the kingdom of God is far greater than the poverty, the lack that you see in the world. Okay? Why? It says there, much more surely, because of what Jesus did, we will reign as kings. Amen? Amen. A king is not a pauper. A king is not without power and authority. A king is one who is blessed. That's why he can rule. Okay? And that's what the overflowing grace of God does for us. According to Romans 5.17, we have this overflowing grace every day of our lives. 
Amen. Every day, we should receive grace from heaven. Grace to meet all our needs, but much more than that, to meet other people's needs. Amen? Is that an amen there? We should be a body where we are filled with the grace, overflowing grace of God. Okay? And not only that, we have free gift of righteousness. It says there, because of these two things, according to that verse, the free gift of righteousness, which means God doesn't, doesn't see you anymore as a sinner. Praise the Lord. He doesn't see you as a sinner. He doesn't see you as a loser. He doesn't see you as a failure. He sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? You have Christ's righteousness. And because of that, He has gifted you with so much favor. Favor. You have favor, endless favor every day in the presence of God. Amen? Without that favor, without that grace, Without that righteousness, we can never reign. But it says here, because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, every day of our lives, we can avail of overflowing grace and stand on our righteousness and use our authority on the earth. Amen? Amen? So I want us to see that. No, I want, I want us, us to see the body of Christ the way God sees the body of Christ. I want us to see ourselves the way he sees us. We are the most powerful force on the earth right now. Okay? That's why it's so important to have revelation knowledge. When you have revelation knowledge, you are able to avail what Christ has provided, and you're able to walk in it. If everything is just information up in the head, just information, it doesn't touch your heart, it, it's not personal to you, no, you always say, oh, it only happens to so-and-so, but not to me, amen. Then there's, then, no matter how powerful you are, you will remain powerless. Not because there's no overflowing grace. Not because Jesus did not do everything already. It's because of lack of revelation knowledge. Amen? Amen? So, it says here we will reign as kings. What do kings do? They rule and they reign. Amen? So, you are called to rule and reign with Christ on the earth. Say to yourself, I am called. I am called to rule and reign with Christ on the earth. Hallelujah. You have to say that, say it with uh, gusto. You know, you have to say it with... with uh, as if you believe it. <laughs> you have to say it in faith say it in faith because that's our calling as far as the enemy is concerned okay as far and he is ruthless i have to remind all of us he's very ruthless he has no mercy can you imagine this pandemic he's behind this pandemic okay he has no mercy on people 
Because he has no mercy on people, we have no mercy on him. Amen? We're merciful people on other people. But when it comes to Satan, we rule over him. We use the authority of Christ over him. Amen? So we do that every day. And I will show you, okay? I'll show you more how and how to do that. So I want to say, you know, salvation is not just an insurance policy to get us saved and go to heaven, but we are saved with a purpose, okay? As far as the enemy is concerned, we are the army of the Lord, okay? As far as the enemy is concerned, we are the army. You are soldiers in the army of God. And Jesus Christ is our captain, amen? The Lord of hosts, amen? So we are, there is heavenly hosts, there are heavenly armies. The angels are, are our heavenly armies. On the earth, we are, the body is the earthly army of God, amen? So there's a full force here, okay, full force. So we are the army of the Lord and we are called to rule and reign. Now, I will just quote someone. He's already in heaven. He wrote The Believer's Authority. His name is John Macmillan. And this is what he said, no? The rapid approaching end of the age is witnessing a tremendous increase in the activity of the powers of darkness. To meet this situation, the Church of Christ needs a new conception of prayer. Okay? This is a different kind of prayer. This is not just a prayer of petitions okay, and supplications. Ah, this is a prayer. This is a prayer that will bombard the, the enemy. It's a prayer force. Okay? So, he said, the Church of Christ needs a new conception of prayer. The urgent call is for men and women, wholly yielded to the Lord, whose eyes are enlightened to see their ministry in the heavenlies to which they have been called. That's why that's our topic, our ministry in the heavenlies. You have a ministry in the heavenlies, amen? And you'll understand that more later on. He continues to say, such believers may in union with the great head of the body exercise an authority to which the powers of the air must give place whenever challenged. So this is wonderful, no? Once you learn, once you learn how to use the authority of Christ, every knee on the earth and under the earth will bow down. Amen. It's a matter of learning how to use it. Okay? It's one of our mighty weapons. So, we'll study it more, this authority. Now, remember Ephesians 1? I told you, I told you to read the whole book and to pray the prayer in Ephesians 1. Have, have you done that? Have you done did you pray the prayer in Ephesians 1? Okay, Carol said, Amen. Is there a thumbs up there? Lois, have you done it? Prayer, Ephesians 1. Lila, all right. Okay, Nigel, have you done it? Not yet? Okay. You still have time. We all have time to do this, okay? Now, 
I, I told you guys, start praying the prayer, the anointed prayer of Paul for the churches in Ephesians 1. We will study it tonight, okay? We'll study that prayer. It's found in chapter 1, and we will, we will start in verse 17. But the prayer, actually, okay, 17. Now, mind you, this prayer, Paul prayed for the churches every day. He prayed this prayer because this is such a powerful prayer. And we should pray it on ourselves. Okay? Now, look at this. It says here, we'll study it first so that we can pray it with such anointing. Okay? It says here, that the God, it says, in verse 16, he says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, this is the prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. So what is he asking? He is mainly asking that all Christians will have a spirit of wisdom and revelation, okay, in the knowledge of Christ. In these three areas, okay? Now we will know what these three areas are. Look at the first. Verse 18, okay, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That's the first thing. It is the first thing that God wants us to have a revelation of, the hope of his calling. It did not say the hope of your calling. Did you notice that? It says the hope of his calling and you can find that in one you know in so many verses but do you remember in one verse christ in you the hope of glory do you remember that verse christ in you the hope of glory okay and that calling is talking about the church calling to glory okay we are called to the glory of god and we are here to manifest the glory of god on the earth okay and in order to manifest that glory on the earth you need revelation first you cannot manifest something if you don't know it right that's why it's saying you have to first have revelation so you pray that every day lord give me revelation eyes of understanding to know the hope of his calling so that when god gives you revelation of it you can actually live it out amen so that's one what's the second one that he wants us to have revelation of what are the riches of the glory again of the glory of his inheritance in the saints now in short he's saying god has an inheritance in you it's not talking about our inheritance. It's talking about his inheritance. Did you see that? It's different. No? So God has an inheritance in us. Why? Because there is glory inside of you. There is the glory of God inside of you. And Jesus Christ has inherited that. 
So it's important we you know, more and more we manifest the glory of God in our lives. Amen. More and more we are transformed, changed into the image of Christ. That's Christ's inheritance in us. Amen. I, it's like when you have children. You know, when you have children. When your children becomes more and more like you, in your good characteristics, okay, Carol, Lois, Nigel, in your good characteristics, aren't you happy that they're becoming like you in your good characteristics? Right? You say, oh, my son, look at my son. You know, look at my son. Uh, uh, he plays the piano so well like me. Oh, look at my, look at my daughter. She's as beautiful as me. You know, when, when your children, okay, when your children become more and more like you in your good, in your good character, in your, in everything that's good about you, you're happy about it. Imagine Jesus. Jesus invested his presence and his glory inside of us. That's why it's so important that we grow in the spirit. Because when we grow every day in the spirit, we automatically manifest the character of God. Why? Because it's in us. Amen. That's why in the Christian life, the key is, the key is knowing how to grow spiritually. Because the more you know how to grow spiritually, you will grow in the character of Christ. You will grow in the power of Christ. You will grow in the authority of Christ. And that's his inheritance in us. Amen? Amen? That's what he's looking for every day. Every time you wake up, he's happy. Okay? Don't think he's mad or don't think he's frustrated. He's happy because there's another new day. There's another new day where we have an opportunity to grow up. We have an opportunity to manifest, amen, the power of God, to manifest the authority of Christ, to manifest the character of God. And it's most, of course, the most attractive character of God is his love. Remember? That's the most attractive character of God. And the more, and the more you grow in that character of love, the more Jesus will be seen in you. That's his inheritance. That's his glory, see? And Paul is saying, Paul is saying, pray this prayer every day that you will grow in the knowledge of the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you. Amen? And there's another one. And we will, and this is where authority falls under, okay? The third one that he wants us to have a revelation of. It's in verse 19. Look at that. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. God wants us to have a revelation knowledge of the power that is available to us Christians every day. Okay? And I want us to tackle this more tonight. What kind of power is he really talking about? Okay, look at verse 20. This is the kind of power. Which, okay, which God worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. What kind of power is available 
to the Christian resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead and put him and seated him at the right hand of God. And I want you to notice that verse, okay, that verb. It says in my, it says in my version, which God worked in Christ. In NIV, it's very telling. It says, which God exerted in Christ. Exerted. What does it mean when you exert? Okay. You can unmute Carol. Carol only. You can wait, Carol. You can't hear Carol. Carol was saying something. You can unmute yourself, Carol. Uh, I cannot. Okay, you. Okay, Carol, um, that? To, to exert is to work very, very, very hard. Okay. With all, with all your strength. That's it. That's with it. With all your power. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Can you imagine? Okay, I want you to imagine for a moment the resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. I, will, uh, I will mute you again. Okay, wait. Where's that? Mute all. Okay, mute on. Now, I want you to imagine this. When God created the universe, He used His power, correct? But He did not exert His power. When He cast out devils in the New Testament, Jesus, when Jesus cast out devils, it says there, he cast them out by the finger of God. Can you imagine? He uses his finger <laughs> to cast out a demon. Wow. Because that's how much powerful he is. He just have to lift a finger and they're all gone. Okay? Now, but in the resurrection, where Jesus died, where Jesus suffered the penalty of sin, was in hell for three days and three nights. God had to exert all of his power. Can you imagine? All of his power just to raise him from the dead. Amen? So that, so that the keys of Hades and death will be given to Christ. So that he will become Lord of all. He had to defeat death. He had to defeat Satan. He had to defeat sin. He had to defeat the curse. And what took? What took him to defeat everything? 100% power of God. Amen? Amen? And Paul is saying, can you imagine? Paul is saying, we need revelation of that power because it has been given to us. Wow! A power that is greater than creation itself. Amen? A power that is greater that, that could cast out demons or heal the sick. It's the power of Jesus Christ himself. It's the power that raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. Okay? But this is the good news. Okay? This is the good news. Have I, caught, have I caught your attention already? Okay, this is the good news. Look at this. 
when God exerted that 100% power of God, no, that excites me, okay? It excites me. What he did, no, it says there, because of that power that was vested in Christ, worked in Christ, and was seated at his right hand. So look at verse 21, 22. Now he is seated far above, wow, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and he put all things under his feet i have to ask you where is his feet his feet is in his body right am i correct his feet in his body so he put all things under us let that sink in he put all things under us wow no we should never okay this is just a side thought no we should never feel that we're under circumstances we should never feel for one second that we're under the enemy's power because they are under us amen they're under us and if we are feeling that way it's because satan doesn't want us to know how powerful we are over him he doesn't want us to know that amen so now it, it says here he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all now look at chapter 1 verse verse 1 chapter 2 verse 1 and it says there what's the beginning word there and did you see there and it says there and when you have an end that means everything that precedes it is connected to it correct That means everything that was said in, chap in chapter 1 is connected to verse 1. And it says there, and you. Okay? And you, he made alive. Now, I want you to remember this, okay? I want you to remember this. In the original scripture, there are no chapters and verses. This is only one long letter. Okay? Now, because we have chapters and verses, okay, we somehow sometimes think because it's chapter 2, it's saying another thing. No, it's not. It's continuing what it's saying previously. Okay? And, and, the phrase he made alive is italicized. It means when you see an italicized phrase in the Bible, it means uh, it is, it is uh, that phrase was not in the original text. It was only put there by the translators. So if I will read it, it reads this way, okay? Verse 23. Oh, verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, and you. That's it. 
and you who were dead in trespasses and sins. What is he talking about, and you? Where's the verb? The verb is in verse 20. The one we studied. Look at this. And God worked in Christ. That power, he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, and you. Did you see that? And you. The reason why, <laughs> the reason why he exerted so much energy and power because he wasn't only raising Jesus the head. He was raising Jesus the head and the body together with him. When Jesus was raised, uh, when Jesus was made alive, we were made alive together with him. And he will and we will say that again. Look at chapter 2. I will read it. No, You might say, it's just me. But look at chapter 2, verses 4 and 6. It says there, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together, and made us sit together, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, when God, wow, this is fantastic. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised, he raised his body with him. That's the day the church was born, on Resurrection Day. Amen? Because on Resurrection Day, when God raised Jesus from the dead, the body was raised together with him. Amen. When Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father, the body was seated together with him. Amen. Is that an amen? That's fantastic, no? And uh, in the mind, in other words, in other words, the same power that God used on Jesus, he used on the body of Christ. That power is still available every day. Amen. And that, and uh, in the mind of God, the head and the body are one. What happened to Jesus happened to the body. Let that sink in. What happened to Jesus happened to the body. Amen. That's why we're heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Because whatever happened to him, his victory is our victory. His inheritance is our inheritance. His power is our power. His authority is our authority. His character is our character. There is no separation between the head and the body. Amen. And I want you to know, no? I want you to know, when he... Do you know why he was seated at the right hand? Do you know what the right hand is? Uh, the right hand, okay. The right hand, the right hand of the throne of God where Christ is seated and where the church is now seated is the center of 
power of the whole of creation. It's the power center of the entire universe. And Jesus is seeking that as a ruler and king. And guess what? Carol, you're seated with him at that center. Nigel, you're seated with him at the center of power of the universe. Betaria, you're seated together with him. We are all kings ruling and reigning with Christ. Amen. And the government of God is greater than any kind of government. That's why it's no use. Amen. It's no use getting angry with the government. We have a higher government. And if we use our authority right, amen, if we know the will of God and enforce it on the earth, as kings, we can, amen, we can pray down the will of God from heaven to earth. We can pray the will of God from heaven to earth. We can enforce it. Amen? Now, uh, Do you know why we're seated there? Because kings and kings and royalty sit when they rule and reign. Okay? Kings and royalty sit when they rule and when they reign. Everybody else at the throne, at the throne, Jesus is seated. Why? He's the one ruling. Everybody else is standing up or worshiping him or kneeling down. But kings are seated at the throne. Guess what? You are seated together with Christ. Amen? You're seated together with Christ in the heavenlies. In the heavenlies. In other words, we share throne rights we have the same rights at the throne of god with jesus christ we share we are sharers of the throne amen we are elevated in the plan of god to exercise authority over the powers of the air okay now this is it now we know that it is time to take our place seated at the right hand of God in humble acceptance of what was given to us. Amen? In sharing His throne right and by revealing to us that we are called to rule and reign, we now need to sit together with Christ every day day we need to do that in prayer amen because like what we said no this is this is no this is the main message of tonight okay like what we said last week as the only authority that christ have on the earth is through his body the only authority we can only have to exercise is also through him it's also through him he exercises authority through us we exercise our authority through him 
And we can only do that, amen? We can only do that if we in prayer every day, by faith, sit at our throne together with Christ. Amen? We do this every day. So, this is how I do it. Sample prayer, okay? Sample prayer. If, I, if you have your Bible, I will read again the prayer. And I will... I will Sample it for you. This is how I do it. Okay. You have to personalize it from verse 17 like this. You'll pray something like this. Uh, Father, the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may you give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened that I may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe, which you have worked in him when you raised him from the dead, far above all principality and power and rule. And you also raised him, raised me up together with him. And to... And made me sit together with him in the heavenlies, so that, Lord, in the ages to come, you might show to me the exceeding riches of your grace in your kindness toward me who believe. So right now, Lord, and then I will apply it. Right now, Lord, I now take my rightful seat beside Jesus Christ at the right hand of the glory of God at the right hand of the majesty on high. I take my seat. I take my authority in Christ. And I now address Satan, you know, I now I address Satan. You have to put him where he, put him under your feet every day. And I address him and I say, Satan, you listen to me. And now you are ruling together with Christ. Satan, you listen to me in the name of Jesus Christ. It is written, God has transferred me out of your dominion. And I'm now, in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ's name, I bind you over my life. I bind you over my, over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our lives. You will not touch my, my body today. You will not touch my spirit, my soul, my body. You will not touch my, my family today. You will not touch the work that God has ordained for me to work in. You will not touch my city. You will not anymore... Uh, like, for example, you can say, you will not anymore inflict uh, COVID-19, more, more patients in my city. Be gone. Be out of my city in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how you do it. That's how you put him under your feet. And while you're doing that, the Holy Spirit now will lead you, you know, to lead you to pray where it is needed, maybe for a person. Amen? And you have to bind the enemy over that over over that person you have to plead the blood of jesus christ over that person amen so make sure no make sure you rule and reign over the enemy every day okay church my brothers my brother my sisters Make sure, make sure, do not go out of your room. Do not go out of your room until you're seated at your throne. Amen? Uh, 
That's our ministry. Our first ministry is in the heavenlies. Our first ministry is in the heavenlies. To hear from God. Amen. And to pray what you hear from God. And to put Satan where he's supposed to be. Under our feet. To use our authority in Christ. Amen. That's what we do every day of our lives. And if you have maybe uh, in some sessions, we will talk more on the blood. But I will just quote a verse about the blood. It says here, <clears throat> uh, here, Revelation 12, verse 11. And this is our, uh, this would be our last verse. No? Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him. That's us. By the blood of the Lamb, amen. By the word of their testimony, did not love their lives to the death. Amen. Look at that. The blood of Jesus. We overcome, we overcome the enemy's plots and schemes and maneuvers and plans by the power of the blood of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus every day for your loved ones. When you plead the blood of Jesus over them, the enemy cannot cross over it. Remember, remember, uh, what's that? Uh, Passover? Remember Passover? That's what they did. They put the blood as tokens to be seen. They put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost so that when the death angel saw it, no, no death will enter that house. So we need to apply the blood. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the Israelites if they put the blood there and they're outside the house? Can you imagine? If they put the blood there in their house, but they're outside the house, they will still be killed, right? Because they are not covered by the blood. So we need, that's, that's what it means to plead the blood. To plead the blood. It's like in a courtroom. Remember the courtroom? In the courtroom, we say, well, how do you plead? They say, not guilty. We plead guilty. No, that's not. We plead another thing. We plead the blood. We plead the blood of our redemption. That's what we're saying. Every day we say, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over my life. We're saying, we're redeemed. We're redeemed from the curse. Satan cannot do anything about, on my, my family. You know, I'm saying this because a lot of very good Christians who love the Lord are being victimized by the enemy because even if they love, you know, they're good Christians, they love the Lord, they go to church, they have Bible studies, they pray. But, you know, you hear, you hear of a pastor having cancer, a pastor dying. And then, and then some will question it and they will say, see, not, not everybody gets healed because the pastor is a good person. He serves God. Why did he die of cancer? Well, we don't know everything, but there's one thing that we know. There's an enemy out there who is bound to kill, steal, and destroy. 
and we know we must know how to protect ourselves and we must know how to overcome him not from the point of trying to win over him but from the point of having won already we enforce to him we say in jesus name satan you will not meddle with my marriage in jesus name satan you will not touch my son my daughter you are forbidden i cast you out get away from his mind get away from his body we need to do that amen and we need and we need to do that from the heavenlies seated and thrown as a king amen and and i just want to uh this is my last promise this is my last job i just remember job uh 22 28 okay because this is what kings do kings declare remember they declare look at job 22 28 you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways you do you want light to shine in everything that you do okay everybody wants that right but it says here you need to do something first you need to declare a thing confess the word every day in your prayer time it is written satan it is written amen declare it declare it over your life or anybody whom god leads you to pray for especially our nation especially right now when the you know if the church will rise up right now with their authority this pandemic will be shortened the lifespan of this pandemic will be shortened uh, shortened very fast no? but unfortunately unfortunately not many know their authority okay so it's high time so for our group even if you know i don't mind actually i really don't mind if we're few because i know after after this a lot of actually a lot of people are downloading our teachings no like i said no even from abroad it's already a podcast no this this will come out as a podcast we are in seven seven pod, pod, podcast channels and people are downloading and the more people will know about this and the more people will exercise it the more the more we will see the glory of god on the earth the more we will see the ma manifestation of the works of god the more healings the more deliverances amen the more uh provisions will flow we need provisions right now our provisions come from the heavens amen my god shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by christ jesus amen we belong to a different kingdom all our provisions come from the kingdom of god and in that kingdom jesus is the king of kings he's the big k we're the small k we reign as kings together with christ amen so i just want to 
encourage you, amen? Encourage you, uh, do your ministry in the heavenlies every day. Amen? Do it, and you will have more and answers to prayers. I'll assure you that. Why? Because you have Christ's authority. It is certified by the blood of Jesus, guaranteed by Jesus himself, guaranteed by the word of God. Amen? So uh, I just want to end there, and we'll have question and answer portion and even sharing, okay?